Hey lady, I'm your host, Laura Day. Welcome to episode seven of Confessions of a Surf Lady, a podcast by Ayara Surf. At Ayara Surf, we design surf and swimwear to complement the uniqueness and beauty of every woman, not just one industry standard. We've just launched our spring line, but with the current state of the world, we've decided to switch gears for a moment. So we are currently hosting a digital experience called the Daydream Virtual Surf Retreat. We at Ayara Surf, along with The Oceanist Female, present the Daydream Virtual Surf Retreat. On this virtual surf retreat, we feature a Dawn Patrol morning show, workouts to keep you in surfing shape, workshops with leaders in our community, and exclusive podcast content. You'll get access for $20, which will also be redeemable for a gift card at Ayara Surf. This retreat runs through May 3rd, and we are still taking registrations. Help us keep the stoke alive at the Daydream Virtual Surf Retreat. Learn more by visiting ayarasurf.com forward slash daydream. That's ayarasurf, I-A-E-R-A, surf.com forward slash daydream. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. How the world has changed in just one month. In this very strange time, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know exactly how to address this episode. I did know that I was having a hard time thinking about anything other than what was going on in the world today, and it would be disingenuous for me to tackle a different topic. Originally, I had this episode planned to talk about Instagram imagery and the social pressures it can put on female surfing. We had the lovely Instagram influencer, surfer, and expectant mother, Ashley Neelands, lined up to speak with us. Because of everything that's happened, we've decided, just like our business, to switch gears for this episode. So thank you to Ashley for being so flexible, and we cannot wait to have you on a future episode. With that being said, for this episode, we asked you to confess, what are your overall feelings about the current situation with COVID-19? And today, we have the best person I could think of to speak with on this topic. Natalie Small, licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as the founder of Groundswell Community Project a nonprofit organization that offers surf therapy for self-identifying women overcoming various forms of trauma and its effects. Natalie's free-spirited yet nurturing personality is just the type of voice you want to hear from in times like this. I had such a great time speaking and connecting with Natalie and I'm stoked to share her story with you today. We'll discuss how her baby, Groundswell Community Project, was born, the balance between masculine and feminine energy, how COVID-19 has affected her life, and of course, your confessions to what are your overall feelings with the current situation with COVID-19. Now, I'll understand if you've had enough COVID talk for today and want to save that part for later. But if you choose, I hope that you will listen to Natalie's story and the hilarious responses to the second question, what's the weirdest or funniest thing you've done while physical distancing? I promise that both of them will uplift you. Let's get to it. Good morning, Natalie. Thank you so much for being here on Confessions of a Surf Lady. We're so stoked to have you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. My biggest curiosity with the Groundswell Community Project is I just want to know how you got started and what inspired you. Yeah. Um, so my background, I'm a marriage and family therapist and have background in using the arts for trauma recovery. 
and was a trainer for first aid arts, which teaches how to use the arts for trauma recovery, but specifically for populations that have experienced sexual abuse or violence. And so was doing a program with Generate Hope, which is a safe, a safe house for women that have experienced trafficking. I was going through the different art modalities within the therapeutic framework. And they would always ask me like, oh, well, what did you do over the weekend? What are like just try- getting to know each other? Um, and then they asked me, what is your, like, what do you use for your therapy healing or for your own self-care? And I was like, well, surfing. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, that's not an art form. And I'm like, well, it is kind of. Like, it's really an expression of self. It helps me get out of my head and into the present. Um, and that's a big piece of why we use arts for trauma recovery and, and therapy. And so they're like, well, let's go surfing. And I was like, well, we can't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's outside of the, like, the box of, of safety protocol. And then as I started thinking about it more, there, I was just like, there's no reason not to. And so we, I reached out to a couple of local surf shops um, and they set the girls up with their very own wetsuits um, and, t- and got a couple of my friends who surf and have experience instructing. And we ran an art therapy program, like the same structure and everything on the beach, but with surfing as the art modality and seeing these women who weren't being very responsive in the art therapy programs, who weren't connecting with each other, who were extremely disconnected from their bodies and just very like turned off and dissociated they were lighting up they were laughing they were giving each other high fives they were hugging each other they were saying that things like i never thought i could do this i had so much fear so much self-doubt and all of a sudden i'm actually surfing imagine what else i can do and it was just direct metaphors and direct reliving that onto the beach and and especially with sexual trauma our our bodies have been objectified and vilified in ways and so being able to reclaim the power and the strength and the beauty of, of your own body and being able to see it in action and recognize the amazing things that it can do is just so reclaiming. And so it's just really powerful. And so basically we just shifted all of our art therapy programs to the beach. And since that moment, it's just kind of kept on snowballing and snowballing into what it is now. I almost like shed a tear. I was just so moved by, I mean, I know I'm a little emotional right now just because like everything's sensitive and I'm an emotional person. But really when you were talking about how you went from using the art modalities to moving to the beach and just imagining these women rediscovering their bodies, I thought that was just such a touching moment. What do you think was the difference between using and what kind of mediums as far as art were you using? And what do you think the difference was between that and surfing? And how did that make a better connection with these women? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to downgrade art therapy. I think art therapy is extremely powerful and I still utilize it in my own practice. And so I think it just touches a different part of our bodies and brains. And so when you're in the water, as soon as your feet touch the water, it instantly shocks you into the present moment. It brings you into your senses. And so that's one of the elements of art therapy is bringing in the senses, bringing in your sense of sight, touch, sound, hearing, taste. The ocean just kind of like automatically does it without you having to tell yourself to do it. And then every time you are catching a wave and falling you are learning, you're helping your brain recognize that I can and that it's okay to fall, it's okay to fail, and you can get back up and do it again. And so it's overcoming different elements of safety, self-efficacy, ability to feel like your voice is important. Every wave gives you an opportunity to practice reclaiming those elements. 
refining that, okay, I am safe. I just fell and I'm okay. Sometimes we get knocked a little bit harder than other times, but for the most part, you're okay. And then also being able to recognize that you are capable, you are strong, you're overcoming your fears. So it just really brings everything into the present moment. Um, And that's the goal with art therapy as well is to move from past stories and past experiences into the present and figure out different ways of expressing them and exploring them in this present moment. And the ocean really does that in a powerful way without having to force yourself to do it. So in the description of Groundswell, you use the term self-identifying woman. Can you expand upon that and how you explore this? When we first started, it was all about like the power of a women's group. And then I was like, what is this power of like, why is women coming together in a circle so powerful? And I, there's ancestral roots to that. And there's also, it's more than just like I, when someone looks at me, they see that I'm, I'm a woman. I have the identifying tags as a woman, but really what makes me feminine? What makes me a woman? And that's our exploration of the femininity. Um, And so whether you have the body parts of a man or the body parts of a woman, we all get the opportunity to explore femininity and the balance of that. And so that's the real hope of our groups is being able to help people drop into the feminine and explore that together. And so really welcoming welcoming anybody that that wants to drop into the feminine. And I, I really like the way that's said, because I've thought about that too with confer- confessions of a surf lady. I don't think it has anything to do with necessarily being a physical woman. It more has to do with who you feel like you are and how you feel like you're represented or want to represent yourself. And so I, I like that you've put that out there and give an opportunity for people to decide what they want to do and how they want to be a part of Groundswell Community Project. Yeah, and there's actually, we've had so many self-identifying men interested in our programs because they don't have a safe space to explore their feminine side. And all of us have a balance of masculine and feminine. And some of us are like way more on one side than the other during different parts of our lives. And so it's really finding that balance and culture tells us that we are just one or the other. And I think all of us have the ability, we all are both. And so it's just finding safe spaces to express and explore both sides. The ocean holds this really beautiful opportunity to kind of dance with the masculine feminine a bit more. And you'll see it in the lineup. You'll see men being, I have men all the time being, being like, ah, oh, it's so nice having more women out here. It really balances it. And there's more chatter. There's more like conversation. There's people connecting more. Whereas classically an all-male lineup everyone just kind of like huddles into themselves and doesn't really interact it's like you go into constant instant competition mode do you know for everyone listening out there it's amazing how powerful we are and even if you're you feel intimidated in a lineup that is mostly men don't forget that we have this feminine energy that brings a lot to the table and can really relax the lineup Mm -hmm. exactly we need the masculine energy and guys need the feminine energy and so we're really like supporting each other and, and giving each other that space to relax a bit, play around with both sides. And so the ocean creates a great space for that. And I think it, like what happens in the ocean starts bleeding into our work life, our office life, and can really be a model for how we can play with the masculine feminine within the office space as well and within our home space and everything. Well, I love that you talk about this because it's never something I've really outright thought about. So it is something I'm going to open myself up to and observe and participate in when I do go surfing or just even in my own life. What do you feel like is the transformation that you've gone through 
with creating Groundswell Community Project? I like to compare it to having a child. Um, I have not had a child myself, and so I'm speaking from listening to my other girlfriends and, and my mom and other moms talk about that process. So when I first started, the seed of Groundswell was planted in me. I was working at San Diego Rescue Mission as a social worker, and all of the other women in my unit were pregnant and going on maternity leave. And I was like, I need maternity leave. This thing is growing inside of me. I need to process it. I need to nurture it. I need to see what it can become and put energy into it. When I went and talked to my boss about it, he's like, no, you can't do that. I was like, but I'm not like, I don't know if I'll ever get pregnant. So I need, like, I should have this right to take on maternity leave as well. He's like, that's not how it works. Sorry. Great idea, but no. And so he's like, but feel free to, to leave and your job can be waiting for you when you come back. And so I was like, okay, I'm taking off. I literally took like a six month maternity leave um, and just started diving into it and exploring what it looked like, what it could be, asking a lot of questions about it, reading books, like doing all the things, that, talking to other moms um, that have birthed nonprofits and therapy work. And so really kind of going through the same process that a lot of moms do and a lot of fear around like am I ready for this am I capable of this can I do this and then had different people supporting me and believing in me um, and helping make it happen and and it happened and so I felt kind of like I I didn't have a choice it was happening and I just had to go with it um, and learn as it came. And so it was a lot of that and a lot of support from amazing friends and family. And then as it birthed, it consumed my life. Everything I lived and breathed for was my baby. Um, and at that time, my, ba my baby groundsel really needed me in order to survive. It needed my milk. It couldn't breastfeed from anybody else. It needed my milk. And so that time it really consumed me and I had friends that were upset at me because I wasn't around in the same capacity that they were used to me being around in. And so as it started growing, I was able to start letting other people come in and grow the team that was supporting Groundswell. And so kind of like having babysitters come in. And last summer was the first summer that I was able to train new facilitators uh, new therapists, new um, surf instructors to come in and co-facilitate the programs. Um, so that way I wasn't having to facilitate every single program as we were growing. Well, thank you so much for telling us more about Groundswell Community Project. I can't wait to come to an event or collab an event, do something together when, when we're allowed to hang out again. Can you tell us how our listeners can find you and Groundswell Community Project? Yeah, for sure. So we have our website, groundswellcommunity.org. Um, and then we're also on Instagram as Groundswell Community Project. And you can also email me. It's just natalie at groundswellcommunity.org. And I'm happy to answer any questions, connect on a call. I think right now, especially being able to have phone calls and, and connect virtually is important. So feel free to reach out. So thank you so much, Natalie, for sharing more about Groundswell Community Project with us. We're going to switch gears for a minute. I'm going to tell you more about the Daydream Virtual Surf Retreat. As you all know, I own a women's surfwear line called Ayara Surf, and owning a surf and swimwear line in a time when most of the beaches are closed and we're not really supposed to be in the water and nobody's planning on traveling anywhere soon is a little bit stressful. So it has taken the last couple of weeks to just adjust and see what comes next. With that being said, we've decided to launch a digital experience. I, 
your host, Laura. I've actually teamed up with Clarissa from The Ocean is Female to create the Daydream Surf Club Virtual Surf Retreat. After feeling a little bit stressed and anxious and kind of lost, we knew that we had to do something to get our community together and keep things upbeat and positive. The Daydream Surf Retreat brings you daily content to keep you centered and connected to the Surf Lady community. Our itinerary includes our morning dawn patrol show, workouts to keep you in surfing shape, exclusive podcast content, and workshop with leaders in our Surf Lady community. All of this designed to keep the stoke alive through COVID-19 until we can all get back in the water and surf together again. Each week, we'll be focusing on different themes to help get us through this uncomfortable time. Week one, we'll focus on resilience. Week two, we'll focus on connection. Week three, purpose. And week four will be about well-being. We'll do all of this while bringing you the best Surf Lady content to your headphones, your Zoom calls, your inbox, and the place that needs the most positivity these days, your Facebook feed. The retreat does feature live content. However, we will be publishing all our content so that you can enjoy the retreat at your own pace or whenever is most convenient for you. So if you're feeling down during lockdown, disconnected from the community, or just unsure about what to do about all this or how to go about it, don't worry. We got you and we're here for you. I hope that you'll join us. Registration for our retreat is open. It's just $20 to join the Daydream Virtual Surf Retreat. Your contribution helps us keep our small businesses going while things are not quite business as usual. Your participation brings so much to our community in a time where we need to stick together more than ever. To learn more, you can go to ayerasurf.com forward slash daydream. That's ayerasurf, I-A-E-R-A surf.com forward slash daydream. And I'll put the links in the show notes for you. Welcome back to Confessions of a Surf Lady. We are here with Natalie Small, the founder of Groundswell Community and a licensed therapist. And so for this episode, we asked you, our listeners, what are your overall feelings with the current situation with COVID-19? So first, Natalie, I want to ask you what your feelings are and how it's changed your life. Mm. Well, I am currently in Huanchaco, Peru. We run summer programs down here. Um, January and February. And so we were just wrapping up our summer programs and moving towards getting everything flowing for their school year programs. And a week into school starting, everything shut down. And so Peru closed down all international travel as well as domestic travel. And my husband and I were actually celebrating summer being over because it's our busy work season here Um, and went up to the mountains to get some green in. And while we were up there, they gave everyone 24 hours to get home or you weren't going to be able to travel and get home. And so we like packed up the truck with all the toilet paper and different things that we were needing and fresh fruits and vegetables and all the beautiful things from the, from the mountains and booked it straight home. And we haven't left since. And so um, now we are in our fourth week of, of full quarantine. And so quarantine here has been 
no going outside aside from necessary food and medicine. And this week they implemented an every other day. Men can go out certain days of the week and women can go out other days of the week and nobody goes out on Sunday. And there's also curfew, so nobody can be on the streets after four. There's been no surfing. And the first day of of the quarantine, my husband and I got up early and went for a surf because we were like, it's surfing should be fine. And we had four armed military greet us as we got out of the water. Um, and luckily we live right across the street from the, from the break. And so just like said sorry and kept walking through our house. But our other friend that got out right after us, um, they took him to the police station. It was very quickly aware that, okay, we're going to have to get creative with how we quarantine in order to keep our sanity because my husband's a professional surfer and I do surf therapy. And so surfing is a huge part of our daily flow. So it's definitely been an exciting, an exciting time of being in our little apartment together and we're married of December. And so we're like, yeah, a forced honeymoon. So yeah, so it's definitely been a big shift. And a lot of my um, expat friends here are are stuck here as well. And so there's been a lot of conversation of, do we go home? Do we stay? What's going on at home? And just trying to figure out what, where the best sources are to get your news and information and deciding on if you stay or if you go. Um, and I chose to stay because my husband's here. We're waiting for his visa for him to be able to come to the States. I'd re- if I'm going to get be stuck inside, I'd rather be stuck inside with my husband than at home alone. And then also we're we have a, a tiny little studio apartment, but we are beachfront, and so we can see Mother Ocean every morning. And now, I guess one of the perks is that typically Wanchaco is a pretty bustling beach town, and so it's really noisy, and we're on the route to the nightclubs. And now, because nobody's allowed out, and all of restaurants and bars and everything's closed, we can hear Mother Ocean again. And so that's been a really nice, I guess, a silver lining to what's happening right now. So how have you had to adapt to keep your community at Groundswell engaged? It's been a big shift. The first step that they did was they closed all the schools um, and all the girls were like, this just means we're going to get to surf more. And so we like went back into summer mode of all of our summer surf programs for like three days and then everything shut down. And so the girls have been struggling a lot. Um, A lot of them are living in small quarters with all of their family members. Pretty much everyone has lost their jobs. We've been staying connected through WhatsApp and Facebook. Luckily, um, most families have cell phones and internet to be able to stay connected in that way. And so with our, the girls group, we've been sharing like daily meditations and art projects and mind surfing videos. Um, we're making eco bricks together during this time. And so that is we're taking the plastic water bottles or soda bottles that they've been drinking out of. And any type of non-biodegradable trash goes inside of those. And then we're using those to make meditation stools and also to build a local um, mom's club once this is over. And so that way the idea is, yes, this is a time where we're being forced to be still, but there's also a lot of beauty in stillness. Um, And that's something that I hope that we as a community can take back with us from this experience is the importance of stillness. And so being able to build meditation stools from the the plastic trash (laughs) that we create during this time as an act of us being able to show Mother Ocean love as we move forward from this time. The conversation would not be complete without confessions submitted by you, our listeners. Here's the first confession to what are your overall feelings 
about the current situation with COVID-19. It's time to heal, slow down, clean our homes, both material as well as human. It's time to complete projects, fulfill dreams, put others first with great respect they deserve, and time to plan for a healthy future. The future may look different from the past, but it's the only way to let go and grow. It's beautiful. And I think I've been able to see just the, even just within the last four weeks of us being in quarantine, like nature is healing and growing. I can see the ocean's bluer. There's no trash on the streets. And so just those little bits of letting the, letting humanity take a moment to take a break gives the ocean and nature a time to kind of heal and, and thrive in a new way. There's new animals on the beaches that we haven't seen oh, before. Really? I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Like flocks of birds that haven't, like you just never see them anymore. And so now it's the ocean and nature just like coming back to life. And so, yeah, it's time. Very beautifully said. So here's another confession to what are your overall feelings about the current situation with COVID-19? A mixed bag of feelings and emotions, scared for the well-being of my family and myself, worried for friends who have lost their job, including myself, miss the beach as that was my escape from the stresses of life. I just want this to be over. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I think that was when you were talking about the, or reflecting on stillness as well, I was thinking how it is a time of stillness, but it feels like, like our body, or for me, sometimes my body's still, but there's just so many waves of emotions going on on the inside every single day. And so it's trying to figure out how to, how to enjoy those, maybe not enjoy all of the waves, but at least recognize them, acknowledge them, feel them, and then letting them continue to flow having those, those fears and those anxieties and those blisses and just all of the different things happen in one day. And it's pretty wild because normally, yeah, we have our ways of dealing with it. And now we're having to be creative and think of other ways that we're going to deal with everything that's happening. Right. Yeah. Just before things got really serious, we were uh, launching a spring line for Ayara Surf. And, you know, with moving in inventory, you have to have stores open. You have to have people buying. It takes, you know, eight to nine months to plan all of this stuff leading up to the season. And there's a couple stores here that we have that aren't they're closed. So those are invoices we can't collect on. There's um, just inventory that we have in that, you know, products aren't really what's important right now, which is, it took me a couple days to just like cry for a minute, (laughs) just because of all the work that you put in and then realize like, you know what, like, the results are not a reflection of like the actual work that me and like my small team put in. And this is just kind of what we have to do. And we have to like move forward and be okay with it. That's just what it is. It's nobody's fault. But yeah, there's definitely uh, a lot more time and a lot more space to feel a lot of different emotions. And um, it can be difficult if you're home and if you engage in the news maybe a little often because they are always reporting kind of alerting and alarming things. And it can be difficult if you're used to having a lot of things going on and maybe more distractions from those emotions. But I I do hope, you know, people will learn to be okay with their emotions. I think that's so important is if you do feel bad, then feel bad for a little bit. And that's, that's okay. Like you don't have to be happy all the time. Yeah, exactly. It was actually really interesting because I was supposed to be flying home for my granddad's funeral the week that Peru shut down the borders. 
And my granddad had died the month before. And when he passed, my dad called me and I was in the middle of a groundswell program with like 40 little girls around me. And I, and my, I just get this text message from my dad, call me. And I'm like, dad, I'm in the middle of a program. I can't call you right now. He's like, call me. It's important. And I'm like, ah, this is either he's really mad at me about something <laughs> or something really bad has happened. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I just don't have like emotional space to mm-hmm. do that right now. I don't have time to feel. I need to focus on what I'm doing. And so, and then he calls me anyway. So I pick up the phone and he tells me my granddad passed. It, passed and I just like melted. And it was the most beautiful moment because all and I'm gonna cry talking about all these little (laughs) girls came around me and were just like holding me and we talked about our granddads and the people that we love and the people that we miss and it was just this space where there was time to feel and it was important to feel and it created this beautiful opportunity to share and feel together. Whereas if I had done it the way that I wanted to do it, I would have waited until I was done with program, gone home, talked to my dad allowed myself to feel by myself um, quietly and then moved on to the next thing. And so it was such a like reminder of like, yeah, it's so important to feel and people need to see us feeling as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think being able to, that's one of the gifts that I've discovered through this time is like, I'll start feeling something instead of just like, oh, I don't have time for that. I need to move forward. I'm like, no, I'm just like, I'm going to cry. I'm going to be, and then that's okay. I'm going to put on sad music. I'm going to dance around. I'm going to cry. Yes. <laughs> and <exactly>. it's okay. <laughs> and so I think being able to per- like allow yourself to have that space was like reminded to me before this happened. And then just like this time has given me more space to let, to like really start practicing that more. Um, so yeah, feelings important and being mad and being angry, being frustrated. All of those things are important. And I think especially during this time, being gentle with yourself around those emotions and being gentle to, to, the, to others as well because everyone's going through all these waves of emotions and it's, everyone's going to be going through them at different times and in different ways and there's no right way to feel right now. And so being gentle with yourself and being gentle with others as they're figuring out how to express it I think is really important. Here's another confession to what are your overall feelings about the current situation with COVID-19. Increasingly stressed out, trying to work from home as a single mom with two kids, I share custody with their dad and I'm alone half the time. I get more work done, but I miss my kids. My mom is isolated and leaning on me heavily, which is also stressful. Wishing for a partner right about now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we are like the opportunity to social distance and to isolate in the way that each of us are is a gift because not everybody has the same opportunities to isolate with doing yoga every day or connecting virtually or being able to stay working at home. And so each of us have our own struggles with um, what isolation is bringing to us. And I've had a number of people like another number of people that have reached out with like their social isolating with domestic violence at their homes Mm -hmm. or their social isolating with addiction and or they are don't have a space to social isolate because they live in their car and so there's a lot of all of us are going through a very different social isolation process and and what and resources and I think it's important to Um, recognize like this is it's a community like we have individual trauma and we have community trauma being able to recognize like when our brains and bodies experience trauma we go into flight fight or freeze or help mode and so figuring out how to where is our how is our body and our brain responding 
and what mode are we going into and that it's okay. Like that's part of our natural way of, of surviving is those response modes. And so giving your space and grace around how you're responding and how, yeah, how your brain's reacting to be able to keep you safe is important. And so I send a lot of, a lot of love out to each person as they're going through the individual process of this um, and as to the community as we go through the process of it as a community together and just making sure that you reach out because there are hotlines, there are support systems. And while it can feel very isolating, the resources are still there. One of the beautiful parts is that a lot of therapists are going virtually as well. And so it's a great time to start therapy if you haven't already, um, because you can just do it at home. So you don't have to motivate to go anywhere. Right. (laughs) And I want to thank everybody that's taken the opportunity to submit to this episode. The most consistent feedback I get with the podcast is, and whether it's a heavier topic or a lighter topic, a, a lot of people say, I'm not alone. Somebody else feels the same way, and I'm not the only one. So for those of you that have submitted your confessions, and for those of you that we've actually just read the confessions, know that your confession is actually probably helping somebody else that might also feel alone. And in that, we are in a sense, socially isolated, but together. So thank you for submitting those confessions and letting us share them here. On to our bonus question. So we asked you, our listeners, what are your overall feelings about the current situation? But we also asked you, what's the weirdest or funniest thing you've done while physical distancing? Natalie, do you have anything for us? Um, Let's see. Um... Okay, I'm going to start with the least vulnerable and go to the most vulnerable. <laughs> okay. So I, I've been really loving the Spotify sing-along playlist. So I'll just like put those on and sing really loud. And my husband hates it and I love it. We've been doing five-minute painting or drawings. My husband would be considered an artist. Like he knows how to shade and how to create things that look like what he's looking at. Whereas my pictures are much more abstract. (laughs) Um, And so being able to do like a five minute quick draw, quick paint has just been a really fun way to like get some expression out um, and play with colors and bring my senses into the present moment. Um, And then one of my more vulnerable ones, I've been painting my vagina. And I think that's been a really nice way of connecting with my body and exploring my body in a new way. I've never like just like sat and looked at her. Um, for that long before and so being able to grab pen, paper, watercolors, different modalities um, and spend time with her and paint um, or draw has been really, really fun actually. Well, thank you for sharing your like on a scale of vulnerability. I love that. So here are some of the confessions from you guys, our listeners, to what's the weirdest or funniest thing you've done while physical distancing. So FaceTimed with my kids through a window. We sang happy birthday to a neighbor's a neighbor girl through the fence. Social distance street party. Everyone on their front lawns having a beer together but apart. <laughs> Rode my skateboard on my two-meter porch. Didn't get far before turning back. Did it for 30 minutes. Not sure why. LOL. (laughs) Dancing in the kitchen and playing tennis while standing on my surfboard. (laughs) Laughed at all the posts, not making anything serious or about me. That's a good way to deal. Uh, This one, talking to my cat while on a conference call. (laughs) 
and I think this has to be my favorite. Standing in the market for five minutes, staring at someone on a cell phone, and trying to get them to move with my telepathic powers so I could get some peanut butter. Yeah, I absolutely love some of the confessions that come in. I and we we do encourage like be as funny as you want. You know, have as much fun with this as you want. I want to thank all our listeners and all our followers that submitted because I thought that this part was so important to just uplift us kind of at the end of this episode that I knew was going to be a little bit heavier. And it's important to have the heavy and the and the heartful. And so I'm glad you're doing both. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for being here with us and joining us on Confessions of a Surf Lady. You just have such insightful information, and I love your energy. And like I said, I can't wait to meet up with you in person, give you a hug, and have a surf date. And thank you for giving us some advice to get us through this. And I appreciate you for having me on, and it's nice to connect with everyone back at home. So sending lots of love to all my surf sisters back in California and around the world. Excited to spread with you. Yeah, same here. Stay safe. You too. Have a fun one. The time that we are living in right now is filled with so many feelings. The obvious negative impacts of COVID-19 include illness, job loss, disruption of everyday life. And oddly enough, with it, for some, has come some positives. More time with family, less pollution, time for creativity. This is the part of the episode where I like to offer some sort of resolve, but I don't exactly have any solid advice to offer or any stance I really feel comfortable giving. What I will point out is that with all the heavy responses we got to this question, we got equally as uplifting and funny responses to the second question. So with all the hardships comes moments of joy and lightness, and I hope you'll all have the opportunity to find those small moments to keep you moving forward at this time. Thank you to Natalie for joining us on today's episode. To get in touch with Natalie, you can follow Groundswell Community Project on Instagram, or you can email Natalie directly at natalie at groundswellcommunity.org. Thank you for joining me on Confessions of a Surf Lady, a podcast by Ayara Surf. I hope that by listening to this episode, you feel represented uplifted, and better connected to your surf sisters in our beautiful surf lady community. If you're looking for more uplifting content on the daily, I hope that you'll join us at the Daydream Virtual Surf Retreat. Learn more by visiting ayarasurf.com forward slash daydream. You can find the link in the show notes. All right, lady, we've come to the end of the episode, but not the end of the conversation. Thanks again for joining me and bringing your unique and beautiful self to the conversation at Confessions of a Surf Lady, a podcast by Ayara Surf. I'll see you at the Daydream Virtual Surf Retreat or at our next episode. Your host, Laura Day.